Greetings, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages to the DC Comics News Podcast. This is episode 147. My name is Steve, and with me is the magnificent Brad. Good evening. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you guys? I'm a lot, lot better. I got the dreaded yeah, COVID, but I beat it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good. It's good. Uh, thank yeah, goodness it's going around. It's oh, going around. I think it's, it's worse now than... It's Haiti. I mean, I've never known so many people actually catch it. Yeah, yeah, me either. But that's because um, public transport and having to go to the office, not having a job that I can do from home. Yeah. So that's that. But thankfully, the triple jab ha- made it feel like a bad flu or a bad cold rather than what I've seen people really suffer with it. So, hey, I'm over it. So let's talk DC. All right. Uh, so... First of all, as always, let's tackle some movie news. Uh, starting with the first couple of stories with the Batgirl movie, which is on fire. Some great stuff coming out of this film, including the first look. And uh, I'm talking to the right guy about this at Batgirl's costume. Brad, you've got to have an opinion on this one. I love the costume. Uh, it, it's very inspired by the recent runs on the comic which i love uh one thing that i wish i could see though is the shoes uh i'm hoping they're not heels i'm hoping they're boots like i have a full-size picture i'll send it on to you it is the yellow boots just like the bones perfect because it's so funny because you know i've been looking at this picture um, before we got it as part of this news list for this week and everyone that I've seen, I haven't been able to see the shoes. So I'm, I'm glad you're going to send that to me. Uh, yeah, I, I, I love it. It just makes me feel that this is going to be a good um, indicator of the tone of the show uh, or the movie. I'm sorry. Uh, and, and I'm really liking it. I'm really liking the version of Beckle that we're getting and I'm getting more excited uh, for this as the weeks go by. And I and I just love that we have, you know, more news to talk about with this film every week. So, yeah, I'm on board. What about you? It, it finally feels real, doesn't it? It's yeah. finally coming together. We've got a lead actress who's really excited about the project. And the fact she's quoting Batgirl Year One in her tweet just, just makes me happy. And yeah, it's just like you said, the costume for me, and I've already heard lots of people complaining about it. Um, if you've read my article for Dark Knight News, um, I've been a bit <laughs> blunt about my thoughts about some of those comments. But I agree with you, Brad. I think the costume is perfect. It's like the perfect mix of the comic book costumes, particularly the ones designed by Cameron Stewart, Babs Tarr, and Bruno Redondo's latest version in Nightwing. And it's the kind of costume a 20-something-year-old lady would make that'll be functional, easy to move in. Jacket, boots, or protect her feet, keep her safe while she's running, jumping over roofs. It just makes sense. Exactly. Uh, I, I think that practicality in these costumes is a really important thing. I want to feel like these characters could really move and get around yeah. quickly and comfortably and uh, protectively in these costumes and I, I think that's really important and that's one of the things that i like Absolutely. About, about this costume yeah and it looks good it's got the classic batgirl colors the black the purple the gold uh yeah i'm really really happy with it and the fact that it's 
about as comic book accurate as you can get. I mean, I don't think I've seen many costumes that are more like the comics versions than this one. I mean, would you agree with that as well? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Uh, There is that iconic image that to me sums up Batgirl so much. I, I forget what issue it was the cover of. It might be might be issue when you'll probably know, but you know that that picture where she's taking, she's in the bathroom taking the selfie. Yeah, the first of the uh, Batgirl of Burnside stories that have been around about the yeah. twenty or early thirties of the last Batgirl run. Yeah, but that is always to me modern day. That will yeah. always be Batgirl, and I love that this uh, this costume really captures that. Absolutely, I, I absolutely love it, and well. Like I said, onwards and upwards, some big, big things happening from this movie. I mean, great pair of directors, visually stunning. I thought Bad Boys for Life was infinitely superior to the second Bad Boys movie. Uh, Christina Hodson did great work with Birds of Prey and, and whatever else she's written. So then we've got Brendan Fraser. We've got um, Michael Keaton. What? Which Batman are we seeing for real? This is amazing stuff. And, well, that's not all. We've got some more cast members added to the list, too. Um, And I recognize a couple of them, which is always something good. Not all of them, but I do recognize a couple. What do you make of the additions to the cast? Uh, You know, to me, uh, you know, I'm not really familiar with them. So I'll be interested to hear your input. Uh, And this is a bit of, you know, I... I, I, (laughs) I always come back to the fact that I'm happy for these actors, uh, you know, but we don't know what characters they're going to be playing. So it is really kind of um, a, a very much a developing story at this point. Uh, so it, I, I'm just going to sum up by saying, you know, I, once again, I'm just happy that we are getting more news and this production is really, really moving right along. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to you and you can tell me where you you know these actors from absolutely um the one thing and we'll talk about it later with aquaman 2 is um a lot of these films including the batman are being filmed in the uk and thus they're tapping into the wealth of talent we have in the uk acting pool now uh the actors that they picked are great i mean like you say though i wish we knew who they were playing but rebecca fronts stage and screen um paul dark's a a classic british drama but she's been on comedy shows radios panel shows channel uh stage tv theater movies you'll probably recognize as soon as you see her face from just about anything british she's she's appeared in in, in bit parts of starring roles throughout the decades um corey johnson was uh in the jason bourne series and and is going to be in the morbius film but um Oh, God, where did I recognise him from? Because I do know him. I pull up his picture, but now my when my phone crashed, it closed down my browser, which yeah. is always helpful. So let's try and look at him again. But, yeah, the one I, the one I don't know is, is Kai, the, the young actor. And I should because uh, current, uh, Emmerdale's one of the UK's British soap. Oh, yeah, yeah, Corey Johnson. Of course I know Corey Johnson. He's been in Doctor Who in the UK. He's an American actor. He's been in... Um, Tons. I think he's been in a couple of the Marvel movies. He's great. Again, stage, screen, movies, TV. If you look up the pictures, you'll recognise him as well. But Ethan Kai is the only one I don't know. Great pedigrees, great acting talents, and a film that I'm getting more and more excited about the more I hear about it. So 
things are looking really, really good for this Batgirl movie. Um, the costume, the new cast, it seems like things are definitely proceeding and moving apace. And we thought for a while we weren't even going to get it. So I'm very, very happy to that. And I'm happy about the backgrounds, the sets, the scenery and the logo, which again, just like the costume, has been pulled straight off the comic book. What do you think of those? Yeah, I love that logo. And you're absolutely right. It is pulled right from from the comics. And uh, these these other images, uh, <laughs> to me, you know, and you can... <laughs> You know, you say this is being filmed in the in the UK, but these uh, set photos really look British to me. So that's that's very that's very cool too. Um, yeah, I, I think this is um, a, a different kind of version of of um, Gotham that we've seen. Uh, maybe maybe it will focus on on the Burnside section of Gotham, and I think that would be cool too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm loving everything I'm seeing. What about you? Once again. Oh, and, oh I, I, just, I just wanted to mention, too, the, the Black Canary photo where you see the little ad for Black Canary. I thought that was mm. kind of a cool little touch, too. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry about that. Go ahead. No, don't be sorry. <laughs> you literally put the word, stole the words right out of my mouth. We are thinking on the exact same wavelengths again. Yes, that set photo, to me, reeks of like, a boho Chelsea Greenwich Village, um, little Germany, little Italy type area, and like you said, Burnside all over. This isn't Midtown. This isn't skyscrapers. This is the outskirts, the burbs, where some of the real gritty ground level crimes are happening. And to me, as the daughter of a police commissioner, as someone starting her journey as a crime fighter herself, it's a brilliant, brilliant thing. The logo, oh man, it feels like you'd be sitting on the set of a comic book page, more like something like a, out of Animal Man where the comic characters know they're in the comic because <laughs> that logo is just great. I mean, I would love to own one of those chairs. I want one of those chairs with that logo on it. It's so great. And the little black canary nod. Oh, man. Yeah. Please let this be, as uh, our dear friend Matt B. Lloyd would say, a real birds of prey opening a black canary batgirl birds of prey um nothing would make me happier can't wait to see more now we alluded to it a little bit earlier aquaman 2 has wrapped james wan has been on set with the two main stars aquaman and his brother orm and the filming is done and they were filming in that strange place I mentioned called London. I mean, great little photo. Are you excited to see the film? I absolutely am. Uh, you know, this picture, they're both laughing and everybody looks like they're, well, I should say they're all three of them are look like they're laughing and smiling. So it looks like they've had a really good time with this film. And I think that always, that always helps to make a good movie, especially when it comes to uh, a superhero movie. So, uh, and the fact that they're going to try to outdo what they did with the first Aquaman film, which seems really hard to do because uh, it was so over the top in a great way. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited. And, um, you know, now that it's done filming, hopefully 
you know, we will see some footage and a trailer soon, hopefully before uh, before fandom. I don't, you know, I don't think there's been any fandom um, uh, dates talked about yet, but that's usually in late summer. So I hope we get to see a little something before then. But yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. What about you? Everything you just said, the first Aquaman, it was a breath of fresh air. I mean, don't get me wrong. For me, the Snyder films, the dark, gritty, menacing DC universe is the DC universe I love. But Aquaman and Shazam both lifted the spirits of cinema goers and DC fans because they brought a ray of sunshine and some more hope because so many people poo-poo these films and knock them down before they've even released that I'm really glad that films like Wonder Woman, Aquaman and Shazam came out to show, no, listen, guys, we can do fun, entertaining family movies with the best of them. Those three movies are living proof. And the chemistry of the director, who's a genius director, and these two actors is palpable in that photo. So, yeah, I am really, really excited to see this film. And like you said, I think it's going to be bigger, better, badder and bolder than the first. And that's saying something. Bring on the Black Manta. He's going great guns in the comics. Let him shine on screen too. Now... Some very strange news, because I'm sure, I mean, please correct me if I'm wrong, that we heard months and months ago that the Batman would be receiving an R rating, but yet now it's PG-13, which makes sense. I can live with, but what about you? Oh, yeah, it makes total sense. Um, I, I don't think there was any way that this film was going to be rated R. Uh, I, I, this is... They're trying to make this an absolute blockbuster, and that's really hard to do. Despite your Deadpool's of the world, that's really hard to do with an R-rated film. Batman is a movie that, um, you know, the kids are going to want to have, you know, beg their parents to take them to that kind of thing. And yeah, it's still this is definitely going to be on the darker side, as we've seen in the trailers. But um, yeah, I, I don't think they would have let it go into the R territory. There's just financially too much riding on it they want to get as much money as they can and that's not a bad thing you know you know it's just that that's just is what it is especially in a day and age where less people are going to the theaters so you know i i really hope that this turns out to be something like no way home where it really brings people into theaters in a huge way and it should every Everything we've seen, this movie's going to blow people away. So, yeah, it wasn't surprising to me that this was going to get a PG-13 rating at all. It would have surprised me much, much more if they went with an R rating. Now, it would be interesting to see if, you know, if we get some kind of R-rated cut as a bonus feature on a DVD or something. Ooh, interesting. So, uh, who knows? But, yeah, it's not. it wasn't surprising to me. Oh, what about you? See, I was surprised, but I'm actually glad about it. Um, again... People have been complaining about this. Oh, it's going to be watered down. It's going to be kiddie friendly. Um, have you seen those trailers? Have you seen the Riddler? No way. If you're worried at all, think back to a little known independent film, which nobody's ever heard of called The Dark Knight. That was a PG-13. Need I say exactly. any more than that? Um, Heath Ledger's Joker was in that film. Two-Face was in that film, and that film was, to many, 
still the best Batman movie. Um, so I am very excited. The hype machine has begun. I mean, in the UK, I don't know if it's the same in the US. We've got billboards. We've got posters. We've got TV shorts already touting this film, and it's not out till March. Um, it's absolutely everywhere. Perhaps, again, because of the UK film industry, because most of it was filmed in London and Liverpool and in Glasgow. I don't know. But this country is already feeling the momentum building for this movie. So I, well, I'm excited because guess what? I don't know if anyone knew this. I'm a Batman fan. Did you know that? So many people don't know that about me. And hence the fact <laughs> I run a Batman site. But hey, that's nothing. <laughs> but um, yeah, to me... I was surprised, but I'm actually really happy about it. Because like you said, Brad, when it's a PG-13, anyone 13 and over can go on their own or with their friends. Anyone under 13 can go with their parents. This means box office. This means cash. And hopefully, please let this be an amazing movie. It means more films, more Batman, and DC can get back in everyone's good graces, not just the diehard fans. So, yeah. Bring it on. Right, so that was our final movie story. But don't go anywhere, because Brad and I will be back momentarily once we hear about some more great shows on this network and others that you can listen to, and that'll help make this show go on. Don't go anywhere, we'll be right back. This is Seth Singleton from DC Comics News, here to tell you about the Spinner Rack. Each and every week, DC Comics publishes so many great books, it can be hard to decide where to invest your time and money. And that's where the Spinner Rack comes in. The Spinner Rack is my honest attempt to rate, review, score the top five books from DC Comics each and every week. How can you listen? It's easy. All you have to do is go to your favorite platform, subscribe to DC Comics News Podcasts, and wait for the new episode to load up. Join me each and every week as I sift through the best from DC Comics and pick my top five books. Can't wait to share them with you and to hear your scores when you share them with us right here on the DC Comics News Podcast. Picture this, someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV and video games. A complete ultra comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion podcast network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC Universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth <laughs> joke. <laughs> Here's <laughs> hoping. <laughs> We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish 
this sentence. <laughs> off, the, off the cuff, let's go. Off the cuff, off the cuff. Anything off, you want, anything you cup. want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's, that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're gonna be talking about, we're gonna be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bad Go. No, no one had to see more of the bad No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're gonna- Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an un unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. <laughs> Not getting rid of the Santa hat. Available exclusively on YouTube. Welcome back to part two of the DC Comics News podcast, episode 147. We've talked movies and now we're going to talk TV. And we're starting off with James Gunn, John Cena, Peacemaker, and those oh so funky opening credits. Brad. I've already heard your reaction about this. <laughs> Please, uh, let me know more, because, wow. You know, when we we talked on the Slack group, um, that, you know, I started talking about it, uh, Peacemaker on the Slack group, my first thing was, this is the best opening credits ever, and I'm sticking by that. Best opening credits of any show ever. I <laughs> loved it. It's taking all the willpower I have not to watch this video on repeat. I just absolutely love it. Uh, it's so original. And just when you think that you, that there can't be any, anything original done with opening credits, James Gunn and Peacemaker comes along. Just watch it. There's dancing and, uh, yeah, you, you you will want to watch it on repeat. I I just I love it, and uh, you know I, I Quentin Tarantino is a director that always gets this credit for how he uses move uh, music in film, and James Gunn is really up there with oh, that yeah. level of brilliance in how he uses music in his movies and TV, and this is just a perfect example of uh, of that. It's. Uh, the perfect song. Uh, the band is called Wigwam, and they are sure to have a hit single soon with this. But yeah, yeah, watch it. So yeah, I, I love it. What about you, Steve? You know, when you watch a show, especially when you're binging it on Netflix or HBO Max or wherever, and you skip the opening titles, uh-uh. Yeah, exactly. not with That's this what one. I wanted to say too. Is, yeah, I, would, I, I don't anyway, but this one definitely not. <laughs> I, I actually usually do, but with this one, because the, it's the thing is, you can tell that some of these people have been to stage school and can dance. Um, the actress that plays Harcourt uh, in, in particular and a couple of others, uh, you can see are really good dancers. Cena is terrible. He's got two left feet. He's but God bless him for, for doing oh, it. Oh, no, but it's great. I mean, that's what makes it. That's what, absolutely what makes it, because it's just so <laughs> funny, because he's this gigantic shed brick house of a man dancing to that jolly, rocky, funky tune, and it, it, it's just magic. It's pure magic. 
honestly, I've watched the titles more than I've watched the actual episodes. I actually rewound and watched them again <laughs> with each of the three episodes. And listen, great. Um, even if I end up watching all the episodes again from season one, which I probably will because I'm like that, I will not forward or skip the credits. I absolutely love them. And like you said, Tarantino, yeah, sure. Baby Driver, great. But um, this film, this sorry, this series, The Suicide Squad, everything James Gunn does seems to almost revolve and live with the music as a living, breathing character in the film. So if this is any sign of the way forward for Peacemaker, great. And if it's any sign towards... The second show, which is confirmed James Gunn will be making for HBO Max and DC, then damn, am I a happy fan. What about you, Brad? What do you make? Any ideas, any clues, any hints, any wish lists? Oh, man. Well, if, if you're talking wish lists, I, you know, we talked a, a, a while back about um, characters that he wanted to use but wasn't able to in Suicide Squad. I would love to see him be able to use some of those characters, some of those, you know, that's one thing he's really good at is, is finding those obscure characters and really breathing new life into them. Uh, we see it with vigilante, with guardians, uh, you know, with, with the, with weasel who was only in the movie for five minutes, you know, things like that. Um, so he's really good at that. So I would love to see him take on some more obscure character, maybe even like a booster gold. I would love. So but anything he wants to do, I am down. And I love that he is able to work in both the Marvel and DC world with and producing work in both. That is that is great. So, you know, um, the universe is 14 billion years old and we are lucky enough to be alive in the same time that James Gunn is making DC and Marvel movies. So I think we are very lucky. What about you? Damn, that was deep. <laughs> Wow. Brad, thank you. You've made me think. It's like that whole thermodynamic miracle thing in Watchmen. Only these <laughs> events at this time could have led us to watching James Gunn making DC and Marvel stuff. I love you, Brad. Never change. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was beautiful. Uh, I couldn't agree more. James Gunn, like you said, he's one of the few who's swam in both pulled and killed it every time. Marvel was stupid to let him go. They begged him to come back. But honestly, now, because of the Suicide Squad, because of Peacemaker, because of this new show, which we now know is definitely happening, I honestly do believe that once Guardians 3 is out of the way, James Gunn will be a DC guy. And hey, great, everybody wins. And like a dear friend of mine who is very deep and philosophical once said, several times said, it's a great time to be a DC fan. Hmm. Wonder who that was. Yes, it is. <laughs> Wise man, whoever he is, very, very wise. <laughs> so yeah, more James Gunn, fantastic, but more Earbard Thorn, the original villain played by Matt Litcher, is coming back. Now I'm happy about this. What about you? Yeah, I am too, and I think that. Uh... The um, the Legends is a perfect place because they do deal with so much time travel and things like that, that uh, they can find a place for him to come back. And Flash has always kind of been associated with time travel uh, anyway. So I think that that works well. And 
in the real world, it's one thing I like about the CW shows is that it seems like a real tight knit community, even throughout all these different shows. So even if people leave shows, they're always willing to come back and reprise roles. And, you know, and that is always that's always fun to see. So, you know, all these other characters we might not have seen the last of either. So I, I always like these stories where um, these actors are returning to these characters. So, yeah, I'm all for it. What about you? Yeah, absolutely. You can tell that it feels like a family, almost more like than it does a, a work community and and a colleague relationship type of thing. Because, like you said, people leave Flash, they go to Legends, leave Legends, go to Arrow, Arrow, Supergirl. You know, uh, well, we'll talk about it a little bit later with uh, David Ramsey um, looking like he's going to get his own show soon. But yeah, um, the original Thorn again. He's more like the comic book version. I mean, Tom Cavanaugh is a legend. He's a genius. He is one of the greatest character actors on screen ever. I adore him. But having the original Thorn come back, because when I see Tom Cavanaugh, I still see more of all the Wellses. And I've grown to love the actor and all the portrayals so much that I almost feel bad seeing him as a villain. But every actor in the world says playing the bad guy is much more fun. But seeing the villainous Thorn, who, again, was the, the main villain in, the, I think, was it the, one of the early seasons of Legends of Tomorrow coming back, it just makes sense to me. Uh, I don't know how it works in any kind of logical or storytelling um, fashion, but, hey, listen, I'm just going to watch the show to enjoy it. <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. get involved in the wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. No, I'm just going to have fun. And that's what uh, these shows do so well. Right, for our final TV show. Oh, look, David Ramsey, Justice U. Um, is this Teen Titans Academy, but for young Justice Leaguers? I'm excited. Are you excited? I am excited, but I'm trying to um, rein in my expectations. Uh, simply because y- we talked last week about the CW uh, being put up for sale. So... At this point, anything can happen, and I I just don't want to get my hopes up to have you know the rug pulled out from under us, which I'll go back to the young gods because that's what happened with that. So I would love to see this happen, and I'm all for it. But um, you know, it's I, I think it's a little too early to say. But my fingers are crossed. Uh, what about you? Well, I do honestly think that even if the CW does get sold. Um, I don't think it'll be shut down. It'll still make programming. And even if it doesn't keep the license to all the DC characters, well, there's this little place called HBO Max, and maybe the transfer of the CW content to there might mean we finally get it over here. So I'm just going to keep everything crossed. Um, Teen Titans Academy has been a great series if they do that kind of show with the Justice League characters or young future Justice League members, then I'm definitely all for it. David Ramsey is a staple of the Arrowverse from day one on Arrow. He's been there ever since. He's the only guy who's been reoccurring throughout all the shows, even after Arrow ended. And hey, if he takes his stepdad's surname, drops the diggle, becomes Jon Stewart and picks up that powering then I'm even more invested because who would you like training the next generation of heroes more oh, than yeah. John Stewart, Green Lantern? Yeah, that would be absolutely great. And you are right. There are different avenues 
with HBO Max, anything's possible. I just hope that everything can get situated in a timely enough fashion. Exactly. He's still available and every, you know what I mean? So I'm just, yeah, I, but yeah, I mean, that would be a great idea and you're absolutely right. Um, Titans Academy has been a great series so far. So yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's make this happen. See, Seth, you're not here with us tonight in person, but I'm still wearing your S shield of hope because Brad and I are carrying the flag for you, brother, brother. And that brings us to the end of the TV news. But again, please stay with us because we love you. We'll be back right after this ad to talk about our favourite thing in the whole universe, comic books. Don't go changing. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now... The third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. Hello listeners, this is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and bat them, nuts. I definitely do not f*** bat. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Mmm. Educational and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast. (laughs) Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. Welcome to part three of the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, episode 147. We've talked TV and movies, we've talked streaming, and now we're going to talk about the thing that started it all, those four-colour wonders called comics. And to start with, well, we ended the last segment with some Arrowverse and Flash-related news, but the bad bat is back, as is the Flashpoint universe, in a brand-new Flashpoint Beyond series led by some of the greatest names in comics today. Now, I'm excited, Brad. What do you make of this story? Yeah, I, I'm excited too. And and uh, 
The main reason why is I, I, I did really like Flashpoint, but I really like that Jeff Johns is going to be writing this uh, because I just brought me back to Doomsday Clock, which was so much better than I was expecting it to be and worthy of having the name Watchmen associated with it. So if anybody can pull this kind of big event off, it would be Jeff Johns. So I'm really intrigued to see what he's going to do. Uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and in comics, nothing stays dead, not even universes. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I want to see what happens next. What about you? Super excited. Um, and, and again, we are hive mind power this week because you know how I feel about the works of people like Neil Gaiman and Alan Moore. And when I heard they'd be doing before Watchmen, I was upset. Though some of it was pretty good, a lot of it was fairly average. And then I heard they were doing a Watchmen sequel and bringing the characters to the mainstream DC universe. I thought, what? Please, God, no. But then I saw Jeff Johns as writer, Gary Frank as artist, and Brad the Legend Anderson as colour artist. And I thought, ooh, this is some A-list top-tier talent. They've got to be aiming for the stars. And, well, I reread Doomsday Clock while I've been sick. And like Watchmen, I catch new things every time I read it. It gets better with every subsequent reading. And then Jeff Johns did the amazing thing of making a sequel to The Killing Joke with Three Jokers, which, again, I'm obsessed by. I've read my original three issues to death. I need to get another copy of the hardback. So that's all I have to say about that. But then it's not just Jeff Johns. Jeremy Adams, who is killing it on The Flash. Wow. I thought, how is this series going to go once Joshua Williamson left? Jeremy Adams is fantastic. Tim Sheridan. Um, some people in our crew may not be big fans of his work, but I think his Shazam is great. I think Teen Titans Academy is awesome. This is the guy who wrote the screenplays for the two long Halloween movies, which I adored. These three writers alone have me excited. And then when you add the artists, Eduardo Russo, 100 Bullets, Batman Broken City, and some of these covers that we've already seen coming out for this uh, series damn it dc um take my goddamn money i am there absolutely really really excited about this i cannot wait now we're going back to one of my favorite comic book romances of all time and you know brad i've said it on several episodes before if batman wasn't with selena the woman i'd want him to be with would be zatanna and it looks like they're going to revisit that relationship in Batman Urban Legends. I wish Kendra was on the show tonight. Satana's her favourite. I know she'd be squeeing with delight at this story. But what do you make of it, brother? Yeah, she's one of my favourite characters, too. Uh, and there's something so bittersweet about exploring uh earlier romances in your life that didn't necessarily work out for one reason or another. And it looks like this issue is going to have all of that. 
and there is a lot of connected tissue between these two characters. There always has been. There's always been an interesting relationship. And you add magic into that and Sitar's connection, you know, and and the Wayne's. So there's a lot of fertile ground to explore in this issue. And I'm really looking forward to it. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of glad that the urban legend issues are a little bit longer so we can get more story because I think that there's going to be a lot compacted into this issue. So, yeah, this is one that I'm definitely looking forward to. What about you? Urban Legends to me has been one of those surprise comics for me. Um, I thought oh, another Batman anthology title really, but honestly, I've loved every single issue. And this story has got me even more excited than most. I mean, like you, like Kendra, I adore, Zatanna. I think she's one of DC's most underrated, underused and underloved characters. She's awesome. And again, having been an avid fan of Batman the Animated Series, where that relationship was first teased with Bruce Wayne traveling well, learning his skills as crime fighter, learning his topology from uh, Giovanni Zatara and from Zatanna herself. And seeing their relationship growing, Paul Dini's detective comics, um, the whole split and separation of ways because of uh, identity crisis and the mind wipes. Um, it's just a relationship that I honestly wish we could have seen more of. But now it looks like we're going to see that, yes, they were more than just friends. They were definitely a couple, but something broke them apart. But something also brings them back together and it's a universal threat it's a magical threat and every so often they have to go back and fight it genius i cannot wait to read this the story sounds intriguing the art looks fascinating i am invested i mean i get batman urban legends anyway and now i'm definitely going to be carrying on getting batman <laughs> urban legends absolutely but in an evening of mostly great news this next story has broken my heart and I'm sure you feel the same way because you and I both love Yara Floor. And for some baffling reason, and I did have some inkling about this because I interviewed Joelle Jones, um, the brilliant Wonder Girl series is ending with issue seven, going into the Amazons crossover and then, well, we don't know. Brad, what do you make of this story? Uh, you know, uh, it breaks my heart. I know, you know, we all joke about having a crush on this character. Um, we've all loved her from the beginning. And I know that she will come back. She'll be around. But what really bums me out is that even if we get uh, a new series down the road after the Trial of the Amazons uh, crossover event is done, uh, part of the reason why I love this character so much is how uh, Julian Totino, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Lila Del Duca drew the art in this book and drew that character. And if it comes back with a different artist, uh, it's just going to it's just going to hurt a little bit because I've so associated the character with uh, Lilia's artwork that uh, that that scares me, man. But I know that we haven't seen the last of the character. But we, we've all loved the book, and I wish it would continue. Uh, it's just, yeah, that was, like a, that was like a fist to the gut. What about you? Yeah, just like you said, Brad, I'm in total agreement. Um, having spoken to Joelle Jones and 
said it to her and I've said it to, to lots of people when 5G was first touted and when it was originally going to be the fact that all these brand new characters introduced in Future State were going to be the permanent replacements for Batman, Superman and Wonder Woman. I thought, no, I don't want another Wonder Woman. Diana is perfect. What are you doing? In the space of two issues with Future State Wonder Woman, I was sold. Yara Floor is great. She wants to be Wonder Woman, but she's not there yet. And everyone's felt like that. Everyone's wanted to make their place in life and wanted to reach that target, grab that brass ring and move on. And those two issues killed it. The following issues of her own series as Wonder Girl have killed it too. But seven issues? Issue eight's been cancelled. We're going to get Child of the Amazons, which I'm really excited about. Finally, a Wonder Woman-led crossover. Yes. And then two issues of uh, Child of the Amazons, Wonder Girl. But like you said, I've fallen in love with the interpretations we've seen in the Wonder Girl series. Um, Joel Jones, um, as a writer, is just stellar. So, yeah, I, I don't know why, but hopefully it's a pause rather than a full stop. Yeah, and that's yeah, and I don't want to take away from Joelle Jones. Right, you know, I talked about the art a lot, but Mm. um, certainly Joelle Jones's version of the character is great. Oh yeah, Um, and in fact, I would I I would like to think that DC would automatically, when they bring back the character in her own book, would automatically go back to her to continue on, uh, you know, with the story, um, which uh, all indications point that she would say yes so i'm hoping that if they did bring the character back that she would come back to write it so i don't really want to see anybody else writing it not for at least a few years once the characters made her mark on the main dc universe because this is joel created the character from the ground up and it could be one of those legendary runs oh yeah yeah. Uh, you know so yeah yeah Let's hope. Let's just pray that this is just a minor speed bump and big things are planned, and maybe we'll get some more Joel Jones written and drawn issues. Because again, the lady's a talented writer and a phenomenal artist. But yeah, um, like you said, the look of the series is something I will miss. And if they don't bring it back with the same artist, I will definitely feel it too. So yeah, I'm with you on that, brother, 100%. Right, so, yes, Legends of the Amazons, uh, Shadows of the Bat, Crossovers Galore, Flashpoint Returns, and Earth 3's Crime Syndicate is also returning in a massive crossover event. Um, Good time to be a DC fan, Brad? Yeah, Yeah, this looks like another cool crossover that we have come in this year. Um, Yeah, it'll be in The Flash, Teen Titans Academy, and Suicide Squad. And we've already talked... (laughs) A lot about Teen Titans Academy on this episode, but The Flash and Suicide Squad have all been good as well. So seeing those books kind of cross over is a uh, cool idea. And there's a lot of cool stuff, you know, Justice League Incarnate uh, going on with the multiverse concept. So having the crime syndicate uh, come back and uh, getting a villain Superman and Justice League. Uh, this could be a really cool story. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, what about you? Yeah, really, really excited. Um, Suicide Squad and Teen Titans have been heavily tied together 
ever since the uh, future state event so i'm really really looking forward to see that expand into flash it just makes a lot of sense with wally west's return and now roy harper's return as well that these universes should cross over all the more um when you get these talents again involved with the series throwing earth three throwing the crime syndicate throwing ultraman action is going to be the name of the game this is a series that's going to rip through well infinite frontiers and this whole infinite frontier era from death metal onwards has been phenomenal there is literally no limit to the dc universe metaverse omniverse anymore so many things can happen i mean the, the way that even justice league infinite which is based on the animated series has felt so closely connected to yeah, infinite really frontier and justice league incarnate wasn't it brilliant yeah yeah that um i was really impressed with that yeah absolutely in so fact yeah i just read good. that the, the uh the latest issue of uh, uh justice league this past week and was really impressed how they tied in the anime wow. series with what's going on now it was really well done really really i mean it feels like even though they're completely separate universes that dc seems to be coalescing and and making this metaverse omniverse thing really really work that you pick the stories you love and that's your canon and hey that's what i've always done anyway but the fact that's actually the norm now that's officially the line for dc is just super exciting so um while i'm not usually fans of these mega massive crossover events when it's just two or three titles rather than the whole range like some other comics company does every other week um mm -hmm. then i can deal i can definitely live with it and when it's titles like you said flash team titans suicide squad which have all been really really great recently superb i'm absolutely invested Right, so that's it. We've talked movies, TV, streaming, and comics. So that's all the news covered for the week. But Brad, you said you've been reading Justice League, Justice League Infinite, Justice League Incarnate. What else has been entertaining you in the worlds of DC since last we spoke, my friend? Well, I think the first thing on my list has been three episodes of Peacemaker. I have just oh, yeah. enjoyed those and loved it. Uh, I really enjoyed the first episode of uh, Naomi. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited to see where that series goes. Um, I, I'm, I'm rereading uh, the Rorschach series since it came out in the hardcover and catching up on some issues that I haven't had a chance to read uh, you know, because of the holidays. So doing a little catch up like on the Justice League uh, titles and uh, um, the Harley Quinn animated, you know, catching up on that uh, series as well. So, yeah, that's what I've been. Uh, that's what I've been reading and watching. What about you? fantastic um obviously yes as we mentioned earlier i've been ill so i've uh, done a lot of reading not just the new stuff but i've also reread some of the classics in the last couple of weeks i've read both seasons of batman the adventures continue i've read um v for vendetta watchman doomsday clock killing joke um three jokers wow. i've uh, also caught up on batwoman the tv show um, oh yes that's another one i have too yes the, yeah um nicole kang i yeah. always loved her yeah, as mary great. but who knew she could be a dark poison ivy too i'm excited by uh 
Marcus Jett. Um, yeah, this season actually, again, I know I said that I don't know if I'd be watching after Ruby Rose left. Well, shut up, Steve. You know nothing. Um, go back and tell past Steve he's an idiot. Um, yeah, caught up on that. Loving it. Peacemaker. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> what what can I say? So good. I need to uh, just uh, catch up on the last couple of uh, episodes of, of Doom Patrol and Titans. I'm horribly behind on those, but then I'll be bang up to date. So well, yeah, really, that's, yeah, that's yeah. Good. You're in for a treat with Titans. I I, I like the third season. Well, I've already seen more. So I think I've just been seeing the last two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. that's what I need to see, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I love Times. I think, again, it's one of those shows that's got better season by season, and, and Doom Patrol, you know, it's my favourite TV show on TV, full stop, right now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, you're so right. Some great, great things happening in comic books, in the movies, and on TV. But uh, the fact that uh, the Batman will be opening the week before my birthday means that, yep, yeah, I'm gonna have to swallow my fears and see that on the big screen because if i don't see batman on the big screen then what kind of a fan am i that's that's worth the risk oh yeah you know if you if you got the like like we were saying earlier if you got the chipple jab you should be yeah i'll be i'll be risking it myself i think definitely for the batman it has to be done and then once that's done then all the others that follow now that uh, blue beetle's going to the big screen it's not just going to be on hbo max great aquaman 2 shazam 2 some major major things happening on the silver screen in the dc universe this year right so that's it that's another episode 147 and counting of the dc comics news weekly podcast but hey there'll be a lot more and on them will be people like the wonderful brad but brad where will you be in the meantime where can people find you well, you can find me writing news reviews at dccomicsnews.com. Uh, you can find me on the Mad Love Harley Quinn podcast, also part of the DC Comics News Podcast Network. Uh, and you can follow me on Twitter at FlickyB1. What about you, Steve? Where can people find you? Well, hopefully I'll be on this show a lot more now and better. Um, this is one of the many great shows on the DC Comics News Podcast Network, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts, along with Mad Love, the Harley Quinn cast, the Spinner Rack, and my own little show I make with my offspring, Adam, I Am The Night. So we talk about Batman the Animated Series week by week episode by episode. You can also catch DC Comics News and Dark Knight News all across social media on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and YouTube. And you can also read my work by searching Steve J. Ray or Fantastic Universes in your search engine of choice to lead you to all my news, reviews, articles, and interviews across DC Comics News, Dark Knight News, Fantastic Universes, and CBR. But I also love to chat everything nerdy, geeky, and powerful on Twitter at lstevo, E-L underscore S-T. E-E-V-O. So please do drop me a line there. I will always reply eventually. But until I do, there's something everyone out there really needs to do, and that is to read more comics. We'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>